0: You're listening to the college football coast-to-coast show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. The following is a presentation of the Belly Sports Media Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to college football coast-to-coast I am your host, Jacob, along with my co-host, Tyler. We are back to talk about the off-season. Tyler, this is our first show in two years where we're talking in the off-season. So, yeah. but, uh, it's a new start for the off-season talk for us. Uh, so, you know, we thought to ease into things a little bit here, you know, talking with the off-season. Because it is a very long off-season. Uh, a lot to talk about. So, it, uh, it really, I mean it really starts with this and uh, that being our group of five. I know I kind of dipped into it in our last episode. We've been off for a little bit of time, crazy schedule. We needed it as usual. Yeah. We needed some time off. It was, it was a long season uh, and we took a, a week off and it was, it was a good week off and uh, we're back to it. It's uh, right back to it. Hit the ground running and uh, we're open with a group of five and we'll talk a little bit about the conference uh, but, of course, we're going to do a little reverse order here in the offseason, and we're going to open with our question of the show. Uh, Tyler, let's see what that question of the show is. Uh, it is well, – let me let me get there. Goodness gracious. Uh, what <laughs> group of five programs stood out to you uh, above the rest in the last decade?
1: yeah honestly uh with this being a group of five theme show i figured uh the question of the week has to be uh, what group of five program has stood up above the rest in the past decade decade to me growing up it was always boise state and it's always been boise state who's been the like group of five program that we always look up to i mean just go back to the Kellamore days if you there's a documentary on him it's a, a youtube channel cfb in 30 if you ever Want to learn more about Boise State and Kellen Moore? I mean, this man went 50 and 2 during his career, and now he's with offense coordinator with the Dallas Cowboys. We don't really want to talk about the Cowboys and how they did uh, last night, Uh, but Boise State has always been a program uh, that I have always respected uh, in the Mountain West. They did pretty good uh, this year. They ended up winning their conference. Preston State ended up winning the Mountain West uh, this year, but Boise State's really been consistent. I feel like there's only been that one or two years where they haven't really been in, you know, this big bowl game discussion. Whenever you go back to the BCS days uh, with, uh, you know, their really fantastic head coach that they had. And even with, you know, the coaches that, you know, came after them, they really built that program up. But no one did it better than the early, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012 teams with Kellamore. Those were like the, the Boise State teams uh, right there. I mean, they were they were loaded, and they weren't really scared to play anybody. I remember they played Georgia in the Georgia Dome, and they they beat them. They played Virginia Tech uh, in Washington D.C. They beat them. So I mean, this was a program that. You know, we're talking about, like, even last year about the college football playoffs, Cincinnati getting their chance. Uh, Boise State, I with that could have been a team that could have got their shot. They're all so close uh, every time uh, that they got close to their loss uh, to TCU. That really one year that I look back to where that they really had the shot was whenever they lost to Nevada in double overtime that was the game that I really look back to, but yeah, Boise state to me, this is an easy answer. Boise state has always been that program above the rest.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. You know, if you guys tune into sports, Scramble, I'll plug our other show, uh, with Wade and, and Chet. Um, and I mentioned Kellen Moore, you know, we talked about all the NFL hype and, and coaching carousel and everything that you know that's going on in the NFL and Kellen Moore was very high on my radar. I think, uh, what he did in that program there at Boise state and uh, what he's doing for the Dallas Cowboys, Uh, even though they can't win playoff games, uh, except for one, but you know, it, it really shows that he uh, he's excelling, you know, and what he did there with that program to get them where to where they are today. Um, You know, still, you still see the growth there from Boise state to this day for me, I think, My group of five team that has stood out for me is probably Houston. Uh, I feel like Houston is one of those teams that really has – there's no standout guys on Houston. I mean, we really don't talk extensively about guys from Houston and say, you know, this guy is fantastic. But the thing is, is, they're just a bunch of guys that are really gritty, and they'll go get you a win. Uh, and that's really what they are. They're hard nosed kids that'll go out there and, and win football games for you. And that's what they've done for a long time. I mean, arguably the best finish of uh, their time recently was probably 2015, uh, making a good run. You know, I, I think that they're a very good program and, you know, they ran very well. Uh, you had a veteran quarterback there recently. And of course, I'm not sure how much longer he has there, uh, but it, it's, one of those situations where a decently small school in the group of five like Houston is in the top 25 running uh, every season at some time, at some point in the season.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And moving into our news, uh, of course, since we got our question out of the way, but if you guys have any other schools that you think want to show some love that you think are the best teams throughout the last decade in the group of five not power five don't give us a bunch of power five schools we want group of five schools uh the small schools that's what we that's what we like to do especially for this show uh, is to dedicate the show to the group of five schools for this week uh, and start there and work our way up but if you guys have any suggestions on what schools you think be the best school in the last decade uh feel free to drop them down in the comments We'll try to reply to you guys and get uh, you guys can get our thoughts on your picks for those schools uh, and explain or back you up on why that school is one of the best in the past decade or explain, hmm, I don't know, maybe not. Uh, so, you know, there's some bias there for a lot of people. And, of course, it's, it's football and we all have our biases. Tyler has his. I have mine. So, And we run the show and we try to keep it as unbiased as possible. But uh, it does happen sometimes, as you can see in Tyler's background, if you guys are watching the live show, uh, and you can see on my chest. (laughs) (laughs) Moving into our news, uh, a couple of big things. One here, we can talk about architecture all day. Whoop-dee-doo. Michigan is creating a wider wider area uh, for their players in the tunnel. They're removing 45 seats uh, in that area there to give it a little wider room, probably because of the whole Michigan and Michigan State mess. Uh, I just think that they need to, they, they just need to go to two tunnels. Like, w- making the tunnel wider, I don't think it's going to do anything. It's a pretty wide tunnel as it is. I mean, it's not like a hallway. But uh, just make another tunnel for the visitors. I mean, it's, it's very simple. Uh, I don't understand why they just can't make a smaller tunnel. A lot of schools have done it. Uh, it would be less work for them to do that than it would be for them to take 45 seats out and try to expand that. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, Tyler, but yeah, I just, it just seems stupid for them to widen a tunnel that is already big as it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm really on the essence. I mean, we're in 2023 now and we're dealing with a college football stadium that still has uh, one tunnel. Now I get it. It's old. They haven't really renovated as much. I mean, they've really like refurbished it up. uh, But like you mentioned, I'm pulling from the article here. uh, They're going to be removing uh, 45 uh, of seats and uh, all the seats are portable and ticket holders who have been informed of the change will be located to a different area of the stadium. So that's another thing that's going to be interesting. The fans, you know, that's probably one of the best tickets uh, that you can get right there on the 50-yard line. They're going to have to move. So I bet you're going to get a lot of uh, really whiplash from that. But this was really expected from the altercation of Michigan State. Uh, We saw even Penn State uh, get involved. I mean, it's just – I mean, there's two opposing teams. You just knew that it was going to happen, especially between Michigan uh, and Michigan State. I mean, between the fight going on uh so it's expected it's definitely the right move uh, for michigan but i agree with you like just it's really like don't even take out the 45 seats i'm sure that there's a lot of room it's called the big house for a reason there's a lot of big space that's available just create a visitor's uh, tunnel it doesn't have to be too fancy it's like you know go look at iowa they literally have a dang pink locker room i mean all these visiting team locker rooms is on what you call five stars so just put something in the corner of the stadium. That way this doesn't really happen again. So we'll see if there's any more altercations uh, just watering the player area. But we'll definitely see. If there's more altercations, then the next step has to be just to create a new tunnel.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we don't want to get into the architecture. But, yes, no. I, I do think that we can you know, go on for days. We talking can go about on. Yes. Yeah. And, and getting into our next new segment here, this is big news in the SEC for the Ole Miss Rebels, that being they have two quarterbacks transfer in. Uh, Walker Howard, who was the third string for LSU uh, and was a very highly regarded recruit uh, in the Southeastern Conference, is headed to Ole Miss, along with the starting quarterback, former starting quarterback of the Oklahoma State Cowboys, is headed there as well. Tyler, your thoughts on these two guys. You know, Ole Miss has Jackson Dart right now. The only problem is, is where do you see these two guys fitting in Ole Miss's quarterback room? And why so many guys that could potentially be starters? And lastly, will we see these guys leave if they don't get the starting job?
1: Yeah, it's definitely possible. Lane Kiffin definitely has a lot of toys uh, to play with. These are two big uh, quarterback quarterbacks. Walker Howard uh, was a, f- a former uh, five-star recruit. Coming out of high school by some uh, mini outlets, and then Spencer Sanders. I mean, this has been a guy that we just can't get our hands on. One, he can really have be a Heisman level season than this past season. Too many turnovers is really what led the Oklahoma State demise, and he was injury prone. Uh, so, yeah, Jackson Dart. I mean, he did get the starting role. Uh, they do have uh, one of the best running backs in Quinchon Judkins. Uh, so Walker Hour, like you mentioned, uh, really. I didn't really see it coming. Uh, Garrett Nussmeyer um, is going to be probably the guy now in 2024 that opens up the door for him. Uh, but maybe that uh, Brian Kelly sat down, walk around, and be like, look, after Jane Daniels, uh, you know, and he's coming back for his senior season. So he's going to be the starter this year. And then Garrett Nussmeyer is going to get the start in 2024. 20, uh, but LSU will be fine. Uh, they have uh, more uh, four star recruits uh, coming in. You got Colin Hurley in the class of 2024. And then you got Ricky Collins uh, coming in in this class. He'll be uh, in uh, fall practice and in spring practice as well. Uh, But Spencer Sanders is definitely a wild card in this. He definitely has the experience. He's pretty much the same uh, as Jackson Dart. I think that whoever loses uh, the competition, I think that maybe we can even see a guy like Jackson Dart, uh, you know, if he loses, he could go somewhere else. I know that he's a former USC transfer. I don't know that if Walker Howard and Spencer Sanders I don't know if they they really like signed the letter of intent already or not or but who knows so I don't know if Walker Howard knew that Spencer Sanders was transferring here or not that definitely threw you know a diamond in the rough uh, but who knows what's gonna happen there's' just three talented uh, quarterbacks uh, but all we know is one of them is gonna get the starting job and right now to me it just feels like Jackson Dart is gonna get the job no matter what happens here I just feel like he had a successful season. He can beat you through the air and also with his legs. He just, at times, they were inconsistent down the stretch whenever Ole Miss uh, was on that losing stretch. Uh, but they really had a good start to the season. But, yeah, it's going to be curious to see. I mean, there's, this is a lot of quarterbacks to deal with.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are, and it's an interesting situation, you know, and you brought up a good point. We don't know if these guys have signed the letter of intent yet for these schools. Um, You know it's one of those situations where it's all talk until somebody puts the pen on the paper and I think uh, if Spencer Sanders my opinion if Spencer Sanders puts the pen to the paper um, I think he'll probably get the starting job to be honest with you Um, season quarterback veteran quarterback system in Oklahoma State was good. Uh, Only problem was, I mean, he got beat up and, you know, Oklahoma State's offensive line uh, took a lot of that burden from from, you know, him not being protected. Um, I don't think Ole Miss is going to be the same. They have a big offensive line that was kind of a a big key for them early on in the season. And you started to see that offensive line fall apart. If they can get a strong offensive line, I think Spencer Sanders could be that guy for them. Uh, like you said, Spencer Sanders and Jackson Dart are basically the same quarterback uh, for the most part. And I just think Sanders has more experience, especially in big moments, than Jackson Dart does. And, and it might cause Jackson Dart to transfer out. You know, you know, you being the starting quarterback, can you get a, another quarterback come in from a big university and take your job? You know, he, we could see him out the door very fast. You know, I, I don't want to talk yet about what would happen in that case. Uh, But the only person here that I don't think belongs is Walker Howard. I I felt that, I think you and I had this talk, but I thought Walker Howard should get out of the SEC. Um, I thought the Big 12 was probably the best landing spot for him. Uh, If not that, maybe in the ACC. There were just other opportunities out there, I think, and this was one that just didn't seem right. Um, I'm not sure what Walker Howard's ties are to Ole Miss, if any. It's an, and, yeah, I know his father
1: know. played at LSU, uh, but yeah, I was thinking that he was going to go to TCU because Jack Besha was his, uh, you know, high school mm-hmm. teammate. Uh, that was just really his go-to target every time. But there's another thing in this, like, there. Lane Kiffin's not going to bring in Spencer, a guy like Spencer Sanders, and sit him on the bench. Something tells me that like Jackson Dart's uh, starting quarterback role isn't safe. So. This uh, yeah. fall camp for uh, for Ole Miss is about to be something interesting, in, in the spring practice and the spring game as well. So this is going to be, you know, a storyline that we'll be keeping up with throughout the off for sure.
0: Definitely, and Tyler, we're going to close out with our last news segment here. Take it away.
1: Yep, a big recruit uh, for prime time, Deion Sanders. Uh, The number one uh, cornerback commitment, Kormani McClain, was a Miami commitment for the longest time that you can think of. And then here comes Deion swooping in. And then you have Travis Hunter along with him. I mean, this is about to be a legit secondary uh, in the Pac-12. I'm thinking that Colorado, I'm getting on the side of Colorado is going to at least make it to a bowl game. They went... One and 11 last year. I just feel like they're just something about Dion. They're bringing in, he's bringing in his son, Shadir Sanders. I feel like he's just going to light up uh, Pac 12 defenses, especially the lower tiered like Arizona's defense, Washington State's defense, programs like that, and then Stanford as well. So I think that Colorado is slowly, uh, you know, turning it around, going through the transfer portal. And that's the beauty of the transfer portal. Uh, you know, a team like Colorado and a name and image and likeness of Deion Sanders. That's an NIL deal right there and there. So who, I mean, why wouldn't you want to play like a coach like Deion Sanders? I mean, I know that it's in Colorado Boulder. It's not really, you know, the premier college football program we're all used to, but well, this is huge, you know, especially flipping him from Miami to Colorado. That's definitely more question marks for Miami losing a, a top recruit like this and losing into a school like Colorado that really hasn't been, you know, consistent. So a lot of, uh, big problems continue, uh, for Miami, but huge news and big get, uh, for Dion.
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. this is big for Dion. Yeah. I, you know, I thought we talked about Dion going to Colorado and I said, you know, this is a big move. And I said, Dion's going to get guys that he wants. Um, it's just going to happen. And I think that, you know, this was bound to happen eventually. And I think there's more coming. It's just a matter of time, uh, you know, and if they have good success, you might see a lot of guys transfer out of the current situation they're in to go over there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially
1: know, at the cornerback position. I mean, Dion knows everything about the cornerback. He knows the grind of the college and know how he gets uh, to to the professional level. So I mean this is if you're a top college cornerback, I mean Dion is the guy to to get you ready for the next level.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. And I think this is just a start of us seeing, you know pro football hall of famers come back to their schools and uh you know coach them up and things like that you know whether that be a head coach or they're there part-time or whatever it may be but you you do see this you know coming and i think we're going to see a lot more of it here in the near future uh but that's great there for deon sanders and the colorado buffalo uh i have failed to mention during our question segment and our new segment our two sponsors. So I'm going to literally just go down the list of all three of our sponsors right now before we get to our last segment of the show, Uh, because we are trying to keep our shows shorter in the off season. Not so much to talk about. Uh, And of course, up next is their group of five. But before we do that, our first sponsor is Piper Golf. If you guys want to go out there and pipe your drives on the golf course on those 18 holes, or maybe 36 if you're feeling good with the Piper Golf Balls. You guys can hover to piper.golf forward slash Sports Scramble 10. Sorry, I had a brain fart there for a second. Piper.golf forward slash Sports Scramble 10. Uh, yeah, there's golf balls for all kinds of players out there beginners, uh, people that are right there hovering around that 10 handicap, and of course, your scratch golfers as well. There is plenty of opportunity out there for you to go get a good set of golf balls. That fit your game well. Uh, and they are tour quality balls. For that non-tour price tag. Uh, so go check them out. At piper.golf forward slash um, 10 On to our next sponsor here. It is Yeti. If you guys want to go check out. Uh, all their great rugged drinkware. Luggage. Coolers you name it. To throw in the back of your truck or on your boat. Uh, for the summer season coming soon. You guys can go check all that out. Uh, over at. Yeti forward slash scramble. Uh, you guys can get 50%. I'm sorry, f- free shipping of your orders of $50 or more. I am having a bad night tonight. <laughs> Wake off, uh, a little rusty, <laughs> a little rusty, but uh, free shipping on orders over $50. Uh, so you guys can go check them out in our link below, and finally. Our last segment is brought to you by fanatics. If you guys want to support your sports team in the NFL, the playoffs are right now, full swing NFC and AFC championship coming up this weekend. You guys can go over there and get your gear after the game, or if you guys want to just get some gear for your team in general, to sit down and support them in the bar at home on the couch or wherever you may be this weekend for those games, you guys can go check that out at fanatics. You guys can go to the link bottom of our show. Uh, Check it out. Go get you some good deals. Always have great deals running 65% off around the clock on their website. So you guys can go check that out in the link below in the show. Getting to our final segment, Tyler, it is the group of five that we talk about. Uh, And, of course, if we go alphabetically, the first letter of the alphabet is the A, and that is their logo. It is the American Conference in the group of five. How we're going to do it, folks is very simple. In the conference, we're going to have our standout, which is what we think the best team was in the conference throughout the year, whether that be the first place team in there or the team second or third. Uh, and then, of course, we do have our loser in the conference, a team that we didn't think met expectations for this season, personally for each of us. And finally, Most improved the team. We think from last year to this year or previous years to this year have really made a giant step in making their program better. And of course, like I said, the American is up first. Tyler, let's start with your loser in the conference. We're going to go loser loser first. Most Improved, Most Improved, and then our two standouts.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about this. Uh, this is uh, three uh, bullet points that I've been looking forward to uh, for the whole weekend. And my loser of the American Athletic Conference is none other than the Houston Cougars. I mean, this was a team, if you go back all the way into our preseason show, this was the team that I had winning, yes, winning the American Athletic Conference Championship. And not they did not finish first. They did not finish second, not third. Not fourth, but fifth. Fifth with all the talent that they have coming back. You have Clayton Toon. I mean, he played an okay season, not the season I was really hoping for. Their defense, my gosh, their defense was absolutely abysmal throughout the whole entire year. I just have to go back to that one game where they gave up 77 to SMU. That is just flat-out terrible. So, Houston, 8-5 and five record. I mean, they'll, I mean, you ask Houston Cougar fans, uh, they'll take that any day of the week. But – the expectations that I had in the preseason expectations, I was, you know, everybody was picking them along it, you know, with UCF and Cincinnati. Uh, so Houston is definitely my most disappointing, and they are the losers of the American Athletic Conference.
0: My loser of the American Athletic Conference falls a little bit below them. Oh. Uh, mine is from my lovely hometown. Ooh. Uh, the Memphis Tigers are my team for the loser. A lot of expectation coming in. You know, Mike Norvell is gone uh, at Florida State. New coaching staff come in. I figured he'd get a decent turnout from Memphis, uh, but kind of an unacceptable performance, especially in the conference. Three and five in the conference, and he finished the season seven and six. Uh, They did not do well this year. It was just one of those things where, you know, last few years, we saw Memphis be a contender in the American you know, that third place team in the American that was really fighting for a spot to get into the American championship. And, you know, we haven't seen that team this year and we never saw it really come. And and that's, that's the part for me that I'm scratching my head at, um, it, you know, I might be thinking, you know, so much back to the Paxton Lynch days where they were an air raid offense and they go out there and they launch the ball, um, uh, and they had no problem putting points up this year, it just felt like they struggled to put up points. Uh, and that's why I think they're my loser. Just too many expectations, I think, uh, for me for, for Memphis to, to turn in a performance like that to finish fourth to last in the uh in the conference. Um, Tyler, give me your most improved team, in uh, the American.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go uh, to the East Coast uh, on this one. I'm going to go with the Pirates of East Carolina. And I feel like this has been a program that's been dead in the water for the past uh, couple of years. No one's really talking about them. And eight and five season is definitely an improvement uh, for me going from last year to not even making a bowl game. I think uh, the Pirates, you know, they really showed and flexed their muscle. I know that they lost in week one, but honestly, they should have won that game. Uh, They had, uh, you know, some plays that didn't really fall uh, in their lap, but they really played NC State. And that was whenever Devin Leary was healthy, and that's whenever NC State was a top 15 team at the time. Uh, They lost uh, some games that they shouldn't have. It was an up-and-down season, but they really finished off the second half of the season strong. So, East Carolina is going to be a team that we're going to be looking at next year that could be a sneaky pick uh, to to not only compete, but to win uh, this conference. So, East Carolina is my most improved team of the year.
0: Yeah, for me, uh, I'm going to pick a team that really wasn't on a lot of people's radar. Um, for me, I think that's SMU. Uh, SMU was a team this year, I think, that kind of surprised me. They also turned in a seven and six season, but a little better record, five and four in the conference. Good enough for fourth. Um, you know, decent performance this season. SMU really hasn't been a powerhouse. Uh, they have a couple teams that run for their money, it was just kind of confusing season. I mean, you know, they really played well against. I believe they played Southern Miss this year, um, and they played decent. They played you know, it was a, it was a strong performance. Um, <clears throat> but mine, where I'm, I'm scratching my head, is this is the same team that got blown out by Tulane on the road, uh, and of course, Tulane proved to be a really, really good team in the conference. And I'm sure we'll both get to them here shortly, but. My team has got to be SMU for the most improved. I think they're a rising team. They're a lot better than they used to be, I think. So uh, for me, I I think they're a team that's on the rise, and we could see a lot more of SMU here in the next couple of years.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, So now we'll get to the standouts. And like you mentioned, mine is uh, none other going to be uh, the – American Athletic Conference champs uh, of Tulane. I mean, what a season this one. You go from two and ten last year. Willie Fritz did an amazing job this year. We saw Ty J. Spears evolution uh, on the backfield. uh, And then Michael Prate uh, was really fantastic uh, throughout the season. Their defense was a little bit inconsistent, uh, but they held down the stretch, uh, especially in that American championship game against UCF. There are two losses. I mean, one was to Southern Miss, and the other was to UCF, a team that you know we brought up throughout the season that we could not get a <laughs> grasp on. So Tulane is an easy uh, standout, definitely the best uh, in this uh, conference.
0: Yeah, I, I for me, I'm right there with you. I think Tulane ultimately was the absolute standout team. And If I had to give them both standout and improved, I wish yeah. I could. Yeah, they could get two uh, because but we only in, have to, we could only yeah. pick one team. I just think that they were unbelievable this year. Um, you know, to come from a team that finished two and ten last year to turn that all the way around, go ten and two, 11 and two, and beat USC uh, in the Cotton Bowl—fantastic. Um, Coaching is top tier. I, I, that was incredible, like coaching job by them down the stretch. You might as well just leave the coaching staff for Tulane in AT&T Stadium because the Dallas Cowboys need help in the coaching department, like when to call timeouts and things like that, because they can't figure that out. Because uh, Tulane did that perfectly uh, in, in that Cotton Bowl game. They really flexed – like you said, they flexed their muscle all season long. For me, it was a joy watching them run the football. I, I don't think I saw a team better this season run the football like Tulane did. Uh, offensive line was unbelievable. I really think defensively, I think they're a rising team defensively. Um, I think there's some things they could clean up defensively, but secondary wise, they played well against USC. I mean, they shut down those big, you know, big receivers for usc and basically you know tied lincoln riley's hands up and caleb williams really had trouble uh with them so for me i, I feel that tulane is a team that we will see a lot of here in the future seven and one in the conference is outstanding um too bad it wasn't eight zero, and they went out in the entire conference which would be crazy um i forget who their only losses to um in the conference but i want to say it's UCF. SM, ucf yep yes yes that was a weird game yeah they it's lost UCF pretty handily
1: and then they came back in the american championship and beat them at, at home both of those games yeah. were at uh, two
0: yeah i mean that was that was crazy uh for them to come back and win that you know it was big for them and then for them to get a cotton Bowl bid and when that was great moving on from our american conference Uh, We did talk about that for a little while. Moving to our next conference, Tyler, what is it? It
1: is none other than the Conference USA. We're going to continue to do our standout loser and most improved. This time, let's start with the most improved, and I'll go first. It's none other than the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. I mean, they not only lost Bailey Zappi of all people. I mean, they just brought back another great quarterback that can sling the rock. I just feel like Western Kentucky is just – you know, finding all these quarterbacks that can throw for over 30 touchdowns a season. So uh, I think that Western Kentucky, a nine and five season, uh, six and two, they fell just short uh, of a Conference USA uh, championship uh, berth uh, against uh, UTSA. But Western Kentucky, what a season it was. They finished their season on a very high note, uh, absolutely blowing the doors off of a really good South Alabama team, uh, a team that we were uh, both high on throughout uh, this season. So Western Kentucky gets my vote for most improved.
0: Yeah. For me, most improved goes to middle Tennessee state university. Uh, I think that they played very well this season, uh, balanced, balanced, you know, wins losses. You can look at it as much as you can. Uh, but their wins were big wins, uh, and their losses were big losses, but you know, they go on the road and they beat Miami, Uh, pretty single-handedly by two touchdowns. This is a bigger game than that. Um, Miami was ranked at the time. They turned out not to be ranked at the end of the season, but it's one of those situations where uh, Middle Tennessee State, you know, I think is a team that can be a problem in Conference USA. Uh, They're just a bunch of gritty kids. It's all it is, and they really want to go out there and just play football for their school. Uh, It's not a very big school at all, and, uh, you know, they handled some teams pretty well. I mean, uh, you close out the season with a bowl win. I mean, you beat San Diego State uh, in Hawaii for you know a two point win on the road, you know, way out there on your little vacation, your hiatus uh, that we that we talked about for bowl season. You know, it was a bowl vacation there, uh, but no, definitely great for them to get a bowl win in that program is fantastic. Uh, so they're my team for the most improved. Let's move on, Tyler, to our loser in the Conference USA.
1: Yeah, this was another team uh, that I had a lot of preseason expectations on, and that is UAB. I mean, not the season that I was really hoping for, a seven and six season uh, overall, four and four in the conference. This was a team that I really thought that was going to compete with the likes of UTSA, I thought, in the preseason that was going to be UTSA and UAB vying for the Conference USA Championship, uh, but UAB's season really just turned upside down. I mean, returning one of the best running backs uh, in their program history. uh, Their defense was a little bit inconsistent. Their quarterback play wasn't as I expected this season. So UAB, not really the season that I was hoping for, and that's why they are my loser of the conference.
0: Yeah, my lose for the conference. I'm going to go all the way down to the very Bro, bottom. Geez. I'm going to Louisiana <laughs> Yep, Tech. I knew that was coming. Uh, Louisiana Tech, man, I just I don't understand what's going on with that program right now. I mean, they are all over the place, up, down, left, and right. Uh, you know, they open the season up. You, know, you play an SEC team on the road, you know, start the year in Missouri. You come back home. And you blow the doors off of Stephen F. Austin. Congratulations. Because you got to go to Clemson the next week and you get the doors blown off of you there. Um, you know, and then you go South Alabama. It was a great team this year. They get beat by South Alabama on the road. Um, you know, they win against UTEP. UTEP is awful. Um, you know, it was one of those teams that we talked about, just a terrible team. And they ended up getting a 10-point win. I mean, they were putting scores up in the 40s, which I don't understand how they couldn't compete with a lot of these teams. If you're putting up 40 plus points and you're getting beat to these other teams, I don't understand how that was happening. It just didn't make a whole lot of a whole lot of sense. In uh, their last win, I mean, they get a, ro- a home win against middle Tennessee state. <laughs> I mean, they finished the season three and nine and it was so bad. I just, I mean, I saw a couple of like pictures from Louisiana Tech. There's nobody in the stands. There's nobody bothers anymore. Uh, you go two and six in the conference, and you finish three and nine. It, it just there's no reason that should be the case in a state like Louisiana. I get that you're probably fifth or sixth, you know, on the totem pole in the state of Louisiana as far as recruiting goes. Uh, but big picture, Conference USA. They need to. This school needs to be able to compete in Conference USA. They used to compete in Conference USA, and all of a sudden they're started falling off. And it's really strange to see, you know, a school like Louisiana Tech just not compete at all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Louisiana Tech, I know that you had them uh, high on your board uh, in the preseason as well. So we'll we'll round out the Conference USA, talk with our standout, and this is our best team. And honestly, you can see at the standings, this is UTSA. They went in the conference, They absolutely steamrolled everybody uh, on their schedule. And there are three losses coming out of them. One was to Liberty, uh, was on the road. Liberty uh, was a team uh, that also, you could say that not really the expectations that we were hoping for. I mean, it's the year after Malik Willis, uh, so we didn't know what to expect uh, from the Flames. Then Hugh Freeze uh, ended up leaving that program uh, to coach Alden. But UTSA, the Roadrunners, absolutely demolished North Texas in the Conference USA Championship. Frank Harris is doing a terrific tra- uh, terrific job uh, building up that program. I think that their offense is one of the best uh, in their conference and then their defense uh, really can step up when it needs to. So UTSA is going to be – a program that's going to be here to stay in the Conference USA, uh, a conference that's really going to be splitting up. you got some teams uh, replacing the likes of Houston, UCF, uh, and the American. Uh, so we'll see uh, the, a new Conference USA come next year. But this year, though, UTSA is my standout.
0: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think UTSA definitely is that standout team in Conference USA by a long shot. Right behind them is North Texas. They had a decent season, finished 500 at 7-7. Seven and seven. I know they lost to Boise state in the bowl game, but still a good season turnaround season for them for the mean green. Uh, but I, I do think UTSA, the roadrunners just absolutely, they run the show there in, in conference USA. Definitely a good performance by them this season and a lot more to come here in the future. Moving on to our next conference. We're going to the mid Atlantic. Uh, mid, I'm not even gonna try. We're going to the Mac. We're going for the Maction. Uh, I love my Maxion. You love your Maxion. We all love our Maxion. Um, let's go reverse order here. We're going to give our standout first in the MAC.
1: Yeah, this is tough uh, for me. Uh, I was very high on Ohio throughout the season. But since Toledo won the conference, they uh, got to give them it. Uh, I think that the Rockets uh, had a really good season. Uh, I feel like they were kind of iffy in conference play, a 5 and 3 record. I expected this team to really blow through. Uh, the West Division. Uh, I think I had them going seven and one in the conference, and you know, slating in either a nine and three season or something like that. They ended up going uh, nine and five, uh, which was good enough. But they ended up slipping uh, in their bowl game. Uh, but I think that Toledo, we've we've really recognized this. If you watch the back, uh, you should know who Toledo is. They've really been the juggernaut of uh, the, the MAC. We've seen that the days of Bowling Green, and then we've seen the days uh, of of Northern Illinois uh, but Toledo's always been the Mac and this is why that they're most my stand out really good season for the Rockets
0: yeah I'm gonna go to the east uh division for this one yeah I've got Ohio uh finished season at 10 and four uh, fantastic season for them seven and one in the conference uh, which is awesome amazing for them for the Bobcats to finish uh, seven and one I I, I think uh, there's a lot to come from this Ohio Bobcat team. It's, you know, it's a tough system to play in, especially with the schools around you in that general area for you to play in the Mac and be competitive is very, very good, very strong. Um, so my standout goes to Ohio. I think it's a, uh, a very clear cut, uh, pick for them to be my standout. Uh, we'll move on to our loser. Who was our loser? We go from highest to lowest really quick.
1: Yeah, this is uh, definitely a tough pick for me, but it's got to be Bowling Green for me. This was another team. I feel like all of the losers for me are, are teams that I had some expectations for. I had Bowling Green actually finish in second uh, when looking look at the preseason. I had them uh, over Buffalo, but Buffalo uh, beat them in the head-to-head. That's why Buffalo... Uh, is over uh, Bowling Green uh, in the standings, but a six and seven season is not the season I was really hoping for for this team. Uh, looking back of you know their roster, they're returning a lot of guys. They're a veteran team. Uh, going in this one, no one really saw Ohio coming out of nowhere a, a 10 and four season. Uh, so I think that Bowling Green and a, a team that, like I talked about, is another story to uh, Mac School. This is not a team that we really are accustomed to going six and six and six and seven, especially losing in the bowl game. So Bowling Green is my loser of the Mac.
0: Yeah, my loser of the Mac is going to be Central Michigan. Uh, I, I thought, you know, they would have a decent season this year. You finish four and eight, which is a bad. I mean, it's really bad. Uh, You do play two teams uh, that were ranked in the top 15 at the time that you played them. Uh, They were tough games on the road. You get beat. uh, Both decently competitive games. Uh, I mean, you go on the road to Oklahoma State, you put up 44 only because Oklahoma State doesn't have any defense. Uh, You know, you lose to South Alabama at home. That was a game that they really were eyeing to see if they could win early in that one then the next week you take bucknell at home and you, you destroy them and you zip them 41 to nothing uh and then reality checks in when you go to penn state the next week and you lose 33 to 14 um i i think for central michigan i had a lot of high hopes for this team i just felt that uh this team was good enough to compete interesting system there i mean their offense is like a scrabble board And it's very confusing uh, for those that have never seen a Central Michigan football game. Uh, But, yeah, I I just felt that they didn't take advantage of the full opportunity that they had and the schedule that they put in place. I really thought that they should have been really competitive. They set themselves up for failure with the schedule that they put out there, and uh, it really was a tough season for them. Finally, Tyler and the Mac are most improved.
1: Now this has been a team that has probably been one of the worst programs in all of college football history uh, in the last decade and that is none other than the Eastern Michigan Eagles. What a season it was for EMU, 9 and 4 season, 5 and 3 in the conference. If it wasn't for the head-to-head loss of Toledo, Eastern Michigan would have been the team to probably beat Ohio and they would have been the MAC champions and that would have been crazy. So I think that Eastern Michigan, this is another team like uh, East Carolina, they're really building something special uh, up there. In Michigan. So I think that Eastern Michigan is going to be a team that we're looking into next season. That could be a popular pick uh, to win that division and then not pick uh, Toledo. So I think that Eastern Michigan, they're building something special over there. So they're my most improved of the year.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with you. I think it's Eastern Michigan. Uh, I'll keep it short and sweet. Yes, they won their bowl game. Fantastic win for them and uh, great turnaround season for Uh, Eastern Michigan so moving on to our second to last we'll move faster the Mountain West Um, I I just don't see too much here in the Mountain West to look at Uh, but we'll start uh, with our loser in the Mountain West Conference
1: so you might say how is a loser a 10-3 (laughs) and team well that's I'm gonna say right here I'm gonna go again back to the preseason I had this team not only winning the Mountain West Conference Championship but booking their ticket to be in two lane shoes in the cotton bowl. And that is none other than the air force Academy. I mean, air force, the three losses were just completely unacceptable. This could have been a team uh, that could have been in Boise state shoes. I mean, three of their losses uh, came in the conference and mo- two of those that were actually one of those against Boise state and Boise state absolutely blew the doors off of them. I mean, the air force has always been a program that has run the ball if you're ever, you know, watching Air Force, Army, Navy, all the the veteran schools, they're going to run the football down your throat. And Air Force had one of the better defenses. If you look there, the points against, not many people were scoring against them as, as well. But I feel like this was a the team. They had everything in front of them. They had a really favorable schedule. They took care of business outside of the conference, but they couldn't take care of business inside of the conference. So for that, Air Force, I hate to do it to you, I hate to do this to the troops, but Air Force, you're my loser at the conference.
0: Uh, my loser of the conference, I'm going to head to the Western Division of it. It's a team that finished second in, in the division, and uh, that's San Diego State. I, I think um, you finish 7-6, and six, you go to a bowl game, and you get beat by Middle Tennessee State. Um, unacceptable, I think, for a school like that to lose to Middle Tennessee State. Uh, no discredit to Middle Tennessee State, obviously because I picked them as my most approved in their their conference. So I, I, no shade throw their way. But, I mean, if you're San Diego State, you're 5-3 and three in the conference, you're sitting there, um, and, and you get a chance to play in a bowl game. Uh, and really, they should have made the most out of that opportunity. It just wasn't there. I mean, the week before the bowl game, you lose to Air Force 13-3. to And you just got done saying, you know, Air Force had the defense to stop people. Uh, you, know, you you only give up 13 points to Air Force, but you only score three points at home? It's just completely unacceptable for them to be uh, where they were when they finished the season. Had they beat Air Force, they're higher up there in the bowl season, I think. And I, and I think that they have a better bowl game and a chance to win. But you lose to Air Force, demeanor's down, you're going to play down. Here comes a high team of Middle Tennessee State, and they steamroll really you in a bowl game. And, and it's just one of those cases uh, where teams get hot, and these guys had a cold streak late in the season, and uh, it was not good for them to finish that way uh, in the Mountain West. Moving on to our most improved, Tyler, who was your most improved team in the MW?
1: Yeah, in the MW, uh, this was a team that we talked about uh, in our question. That was Boise State. Boise State really ran through their division uh, 8-0 in the conference. Uh, like I mentioned, they ended up losing uh, to Fresno State uh, in the Mountain West uh, Championship. The crazy part was that they had home field advantage, and they lost on the blue turf, which, like, never happens. Uh, but Boise State had little hiccups uh, last year. They wasn't, uh, didn't really have the season that we were all hoping for. Uh, but Boise State was able to turn the corner, get back uh, to the Mountain West uh, Championship. A 10-4 season, they'll definitely take that. That's like the Boise season right there. Get to 10 wins and then drink a couple of beers and then enjoy your Idaho uh, your Idaho summer up there before you hit back uh, the field. So Boise State, most improved.
0: Uh, for me, most improved. It's going to be interesting because it's going to be the best team that was in the conference that won the conference championship, uh, and that's Fresno State. I'm going to pick Fresno State as my most improved team. Uh, definitely seen them rise and rise and rise over the years. So I I think Fresno state is my pick, uh, seven and one in the conference. And that's my difference right there. They're seven and one in the conference. They didn't go undefeated in the conference. So uh, I had to put them as my most improved 10 and four season golf club for them. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that, uh, there's a lot of upside for them and them being in that conference. People overlook that team in the Mountain West, and I I really think that they're a competitive team, and they can give you a run for their money every Saturday. Uh, So they are my most improved team. Let's go to our standouts to close out the MW.
1: Yeah, this is where I have President of State. I feel like, to me, that they were the overall better team uh, of any teams. I know that Boise State... They went through uh, their division, but, you know, Fresno State really controlled their divisions. Well, like you mentioned, you brought up San Diego State. That's been a team that we've always looked at of being on top of that conference. And they were second, but five and three is not the record that they were looking for. But Fresno State, I mean, they lost their starting quarterback for a couple of weeks and they're able They were able to ride the ship. I mean, they went through a gauntlet in their stretch in the Mountain West uh, Conference, and they beat Boise State at Boise. So they get my pick for that because it's very tough to go on the blue turf and beat them. So Fresno State, a top 25 finish, they'll definitely take that a 10-4 season, very respectable season. This is going to be a team that's not going to go away anytime soon, folks.
0: No, no, definitely not. And and I think that's why, you know, I picked them there for my most approved. Uh, And, of course, you hinted at why I picked Boise state is my standout team and that's because they finished 8-0 in the conference. They took care of conference play and that's the biggest thing in college football. Take care of your conference first. Don't worry about outside the conference, take care of your conference first. Conference championships are the first step to greatness in the division, uh you know, in those divisions and in those conferences before you get to the big ones in the, you know, you're outside of the conference or winning big games. So we consider those big games outside of the conference um and then those conference rivalries are also big games but uh i think it's steps at a time uh, for a team like Fresno State for Boise State um it's just a team that reloaded and decided to go back out there and play football and play well um and they played well all season long i do give it to them just one little hiccup at the end of the season yeah. uh and you know that's one one thing that i think that they'll be ready Balls to go for next season Yeah, and it's one of those where you just got to be locked in all season long. There was no downtime, even in the group of five. So I I think this is uh, one that Boise State will learn from, and I don't think they're satisfied, even though they had 10 wins this season and go undefeated in the conference. Uh, Last conference we'll get to, this is the best conference, and I know there's a reason why you put it last on the schedule, um, and not just because it finishes last in, you know, our order of the the alphabet, how it goes, but because it's the Sunbelt Fun Belt. Uh, and Tyler and I love talking about the Sunbelt Fun Belt. Uh, no, but the Sunbelt Conference, uh, you had some new teams come in, and it got a whole lot better. So let's start with our losers of the Sunbelt Conference. We'll work our way up to the best team we think that was in the Sunbelt this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I feel like the Sun Belt was the best group of five conference uh, overall. And they're going to yeah, be the, the best group of five conference moving forward, especially with, you know, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston leaving the American. I mean, what's the American going to be? I think that t- that's going to be lanes conference uh, to deal with for the next uh, several years. But my loser is a team that everybody was talking about for a couple of weeks after their huge upset win over Texas A&M is App State. Six and six and three and five. If you were to told me that they only get six wins after beating Texas A and M and only losing by like one point because of a two point conversion because their defense couldn't actually wait. Did they beat? Uh, did they beat or lose to North Carolina? I can't remember.
0: I believe what? they beat North Carolina. No, they lost to North Carolina. Yeah. North Carolina you lost by one, three sixty one. Yeah,
1: you probably played as best as anybody did against North Carolina. Well, outside of Clemson, uh, but uh, but I feel like App State. I mean, what what in the heck happened when they got to conference play? I mean, they get to conference play and they get absolutely exposed. I mean, Chase Bryce was having a phenomenal start to his his season, but the defense just fell flat. They really couldn't even stop anybody. So App State, they went from like the best story in college football to probably the worst downfall that we have seen in a couple of years for sure. So App State, sorry to do it to you. I love that program, but they're my loser of this conference.
0: Yeah, I mean, the difference for App State is they lose three of their last four games yep. to teams that really weren't competitive at all in the conference. They took care of Troy, who wins the conference in week three of the season. I know they did you not make them. a
1: bowl game because they did not meet the seven-win mark because they played an FCS team.
0: Right. <laughs> That's the part yes. that really... And they
1: beat A&M of all teams, and they still don't make it to a bowl.
0: And they still don't make it. And that was just a situation where I just feel like... You know, those big wins like that overshadowed the main goal for them. And, of course, I think that goal was to win the Sunbelt Championship. And they've always been competitive. And it's been them in Coastal Carolina, you know, as far as that goes, as far as competitiveness uh, in there. And, of course, I hinted at it. So I'm going to say it: my team that was the loser, even though they finished and they played in the Sunbelt Championship, it's Coastal Carolina. They're my loser in the conference. I was so disappointed with how they finished their season that it, it, it just – it was one of those I'm like, really? It's like these guys went 9-4. and four. Generally, they've been a 10-win team that make it to a bowl game, and they're playing well. Well, they get to a bowl game, and they get destroyed. It didn't make any sense to me. I'm, I'm sitting there scratching my head. You know, Grayson McCall says, well, I'm going to leave. This is my last game. At, at coastal and, and then I'm leaving and then nope. I'm gonna come on back. Well yeah bye and then hi again. You know, before you move all my stuff out of the dorm, hey I'm gonna come back in and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna stay here for another year. It didn't make any sense to me. Too much hubbub around the organization as a whole just felt all over the place. Uh so I, I think that uh I, I think that they're my loser. It, it just it was one of those where I, I thought we would see a lot more from coastal Carolina this year. Yeah. Same here. I mean,
1: coastal Carolina, like we've mentioned, I mean, they, they didn't even deserve to go into, they didn't even win the East technically James Madison had the better record of them. Uh, but since they made the transition from the SCS level to the FBS level, I mean, yeah, that is the team that I had, question marks. I mean, what even happened to them? I mean, they get absolutely blown out in their, Pat, in their two games. They get blown out by East Carolina, giving up 56, uh, three they games, actually. They lost three in a
0: row. They lost three in a row, in a row to finish the season. They gave up 41 in, against Troy,
1: a team that heavily relies on their defense. Uh, but their def, like Coastal Carolina's defense just went out the door, and their offense didn't know what to do in the last uh, several games. So, yeah, that's they another were, disappointing were, team I had.
0: My thing about it was, is they're nine and one, Tyler. They're nine yeah. and one. I think that they're going to, they're going to be there in the Sun Belt and they're winning the Sun Belt championship. And I told you, I said, they're going to be the team for me in the East to run the show. I said, they're going to get to a the Sun Belt championship and people are going to have problems. Well, they get to the Sun Belt championship and they get beat. They lose to Troy. It was one of those situations where it, it just, not only did they lose to Troy, they got destroyed by Troy. Yep, they got they exposed. Forty-five to twenty-six. Your starting veteran quarterback decides to come back to play. And they play, gave a fifty-six you know, against, a against East Carolina. Game. And then yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I just that team is so off the wall. It, it, it just absolutely baffles me how you go from nine and one to lose your last three games against teams that weren't even that might be, that be the bigger collapse
1: in App State.
0: Yes, yeah, I just, that's my opinion on the bigger collapse. I just feel that there was, there's stuff there that just did not make any sense for them to lose. Uh, But done talking about our losers, we spent too long on the losers. Get rid of the losers, they're done. We're moving on to our most improved. Who's your most improved team in the Sunbelt Funbelt?
1: Yeah, I'm going to a university that you're quite familiar with, and that is the South Alabama Jaguars. A two and ten season last year to ten and two this year. I know that it was not the bowl game that Jaguar fans were hoping for. They get exposed against Western Kentucky, New Orleans. But other than that, I mean they've they're really two close losses. They lost ten to six on a Thursday night against Troy. You were there. And then also they lost by you. a field goal. One single point to UCLA, a team that we were quite high on in the preseason. And, and, you know, UCLA with DTR, they have so much NFL talent on that roster. So South Alabama, I mean, you saw the quarterback, LaDamian Webb, carry that offense. Their defense, I feel like every game you watch them, they're creating turnovers left and right. So I think that South Alabama finally found their head coach after, you know, coaching carousel that we saw in Mobile. So. Hopefully this stays consistent, and I think that South Alabama is going to be a, a program that's also going to compete uh, going into the next season as well. So South Alabama, most improved.
0: I'm going to agree with you in the most improved. Okay. Yes, I think my university did an excellent job bringing Kane Womack back to that organization and back to this program and to the school has done wonders for this program. And uh, the whole vibe in the, in the in the city has changed. Uh, And people are coming and flocking to the stadium to watch these games. Um, And and it's fantastic to see, and and they're so competitive now and they're drawing in bigger guys. I mean, this is a time when we've seen, you know, quarterbacks transfer from big universities. We had a Utah quarterback transfer in play well Uh, in Bentley. Bentley played well, you know, all season long and, and, you know, like you said, LaDamian Webb was the guy. Um, you know, there in the backfield for them. Defensively, Yam Banks is the guy for me that was unbelievable in the secondary. Uh, made probably the craziest interception of the season uh, in the bowl game in New Orleans against Western Kentucky. Too bad yeah, that they cut feet. The but that was a crazy catch for him. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot to look at for the South Alabama team, um, you know, they compete against, recruiting-wise, against big universities. I mean, they're competing against, yeah, I mean, they're competing against two SEC powerhouse teams for recruits, and that's Alabama and Auburn. Uh, and it just seems that uh, they're starting to get a good flow of guys in that want to be system players. Um, and, and they're system players, but they play well, and they fit great into that team. Uh, and Womack has integrated that team so well this season uh in an excellent turnaround from a two and ten to a ten and three season. Uh congratulations to the Jaguars uh, on their excellent season and going seven and one in the conference. Uh and of course the only team that finished above them is our standouts. And I know it's your standout and it's my standout. Yep. And uh that's the number 19 ranked Troy Trojans uh of Troy, Alabama. I, I just feel that this team was so off the wall good this year, uh, defensively. For me, it was defense—unbelievable, wall to wall defense for them. Uh, definitely, I think if I had to rank top ten defenses in all of college football this season, they're probably my number ten team for college, for defense in college football. Even though they're a Group of Five team, they're so well put together on defense uh, that they they arguably just are insane it it was just crazy they only give up 121 points all season long it's best in the conference uh it, it just it felt that they ran that conference from front to back
1: Yeah, Troy really came out of nowhere. I mean, we weren't even giving them a chance uh, really in the preseason. Uh, I think that a lot of people had their doubts of how Louisiana was going to do. I mean, we saw that division. We were saying, like, okay, like, this is going to be an open division. Like, we're looking at all these teams, like, anybody can win this division. And and it was Troy. And going back to their two losses, they really played all this well in the season opener. They gave up uh, 28 points uh, to a very explosive all Miss offense. Uh, But they only scored 10 in that game in their second loss. They lost on a Hail Mary of all things. Uh, we just love the Hail Mary in college sports uh, against Appalachian State. That was our Miracle in the Mountains uh, episode. If you want to go back to that and give our, whenever we gave our thoughts on that crazy game. Uh, but I think that Troy a really terrific season. I think that Troy is always a uh, consistent programs. I mean, they're like the Appalachian State. I mean, they've been some times where they knock off some some power schools as well. I mean, they can – it's like you do not want to schedule Troy and you do not want to schedule Appalachian State whatsoever. Heck, you don't even want to schedule Army the way that they they run the triple option and all that. So, I think that Troy, really great season. Uh, they Beating South Alabama on that Thursday night was very key for them to make it into the Sun Belt Championship. I thought whoever won that game would ultimately win the Sun Belt, and that was true because Coastal Carolina didn't even show up. Uh, Troy blew them out the doors. And like you mentioned, I mean, not only was this defense the best in the conference, I mean, this has got to be one of the better defenses that we have seen in the country this season because there wasn't not many great defenses out there. You saw Georgia. They're probably the best defense in the country, Michigan. They had some ups and downs, but they're still pretty uh, good. I to talk about. Uh, but that. Troy, to me, is a top ten defense this season.
0: Yeah, I felt that they were excellent this season. Great job for the Troy Trojans uh, in their Sunbelt Championship. And, of course, uh, with their bowl season, I feel that uh, – this was good that we gave the group of five yeah. some love this week. It, it was, was good to you. We it.
1: definitely talked a lot about the power five, but we gave a whole dedicated show on the group of five. We have one nothing hour. about the power five other than the one news.
0: hour, one hour show dedicated to the group of five. Yes. Other than the news, but one hour dedicated to the group of five is fantastic to do it. Of course, next week, if you guys want to check it out, we are going to start talking about the power five, But we're talking about one conference for the show. So we're starting in one conference. Because we're going to go
1: heavily in-depth on each Power Five.
0: Yes. So we're going to go heavily in-depth. And the first one... We will keep the three different bullet
1: points. I definitely like that.
0: Yes. But the one thing that we will be looking at in the Power Five next week, in the one conference we'll be looking at, Tyler, is... The Pac-12. Oh,
1: okay.
0: So we're going to open up with a big one in the Pac-12. It's going to be great to talk about some of these teams that were crazy good and some teams that didn't meet expectations and some teams that are right there on the brink of becoming the next Pac-12 champion. Yeah. Uh, If you guys want to see that, you will have to tune in next Monday to College Football Coast to Coast. If you guys want to check out any of our other shows, check out Sports Scramble with me and Tyler, Wade, and Chet. Uh, you guys can check that out. That'll be on Thursday night. You guys can check that out on Thursday night uh, on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcast at. Same here with us here at College Football Coast to Coast. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on the audio versions of Apple Podcast and Spotify and wherever else you get that. Uh, and, of course, SEC Talk will come back When we get to late basketball season here and we're talking about the conferences, I know Tyler and Wade will be back talking to you guys. And we'll have a special
1: show dedicated to that as well here.
0: Yeah. So I know that they'll be talking about some basketball here around the corner soon enough because March Madness is coming, whether we like it or not. And uh, of course we will see you guys for the PAC 12 review and who we think was our standouts our most improved in our losers in the conference. We will see you guys next Monday for some more college football coast to coast.